welcome to the Trek Companion episode 27, the first of what we hope will be annual Star Trek <laughs> Christmas episodes. I am your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are taking a break from our normal, uh, from your regularly scheduled podcast um, to just do a few things. And it, it, it's funny. Um, oh, by the way, thank you, uh, uh, Adam Embry, for our Christmas version of the Trek Companion music theme opening there. Thank you. It was very um, jolly. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny that I started associating, I don't know about associating Star Trek with Christmas, but I would say associating Christmas with, Christmas with Star Trek for a few reasons. I was thinking about this. For one, you know, I, I, I was a Star Trek fan when I was a kid. I mean, I remember when I was 11, when Next Gen came out and I had, I had like a you know, a poster of the Enterprise D on the wall, you know, stuff like that. But I didn't get like really crazy into Star Trek until I was in my mid to late teens, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was around, it felt like around the same time that, that you did Steve. And I'm sure yeah, that, I believe that had so. something to do with it. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> around then, around when I got, like really got into Star Trek and like nutty into Star Trek, that's when, so let's say by the time I'm 17, 18, that's when, you know, your entire extended family thinks, Oh, there's an easy Christmas gift. If I'm walking in the store and I see something that says Star Trek, I can just get that from Ryan. <laughs> this Christmas is done. You know? So I got like Star Trek gifts from everybody. And um, a lot of the times they were like super cheesy things that you didn't even realize, you know, were had Star Trek licensed stuff on them. But the point is, um, early on, as soon as I became Nutty Star Trek fan, I was getting tons of Star Trek gifts for Christmas. That, that's, so that's one reason that Star Trek kind of has a relationship with, to Christmas for me. But, and then another one is that for years, Star Trek movies always came out during the holidays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they usually came out like near Thanksgiving. Uh, and then, of course, they stayed on screen through Christmas. Um, and that was true pretty much up until Abrams Star Trek, which, by the way, Abrams Star Trek was originally scheduled to come out at Christmas. Yeah. And they delayed it until May you know, they delayed it six months just because they thought that, you know, it, the more recent trend has been you make more money when you release it on screen in the summer and then home video for Christmas, the same mm-hmm. change that Pixar made. Abrams Star Trek actually was done that December and they just sat on it for five months. But they anyway, so to, that's the other reason. Hmm? They didn't want to get beat out by a Jennifer Lopez movie again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Famously, Star Trek Nemesis got beat by Made in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. But, um... So, so for, for years, I remember, you know, that I associated the uh, Star Trek releases, the big movie releases, the exciting time there with uh, Christmas time. But anyway, so those are just a couple of my reasons for uh, wanting to do like a little holiday themed episode, even though it's a bit of a stretch. You know, we're going to do talk some lists here and stuff just for fun. They're not necessarily Christmassy, but we're going to get to all that. And so uh, let's start off by um, doing our uh, episode lists. So each one of us came up with our 10 uh, favorite episodes. And yes. I'll tell you, this was harder than I thought it was going to be. So I'll start. Um, and this is in my order of uh, favorite to, well, like, it's not like saying least favorite. I mean, they're all my, they're my 10 favorites, but my favorite favorite comes first. So is that, you think so? I think that'd be a little more dramatic to like 10, 9, 8, or okay. your no, call. You're right. Sure. Let's go from <laughs> least favorite to favorite. Okay, so a few of these are. It was it was tough for me to keep it down to ten because like when I, I first passed at it, it was like thirteen or so that were, eight, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and then cutting out those three and last three and then ordering them that was very difficult. 
Yeah, it was a pain in the butt. Do you guys want to go like 10, 10, 10, or each one of us just do it? Let's just each one do our list. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, number 10 for me, Observer Effect from Enterprise. This is the only Enterprise episode on my list. Do you guys remember that one? Uh, where the aliens were kind of inhabiting um, a couple of the bodies. I think it was last season of Enterprise where the aliens are inhabiting bodies um, and they're watching them, watching the humans right, as right. disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, the Organians, like from the original series, or something related to them or something like that. But oh, that yeah. was the only episode of Enterprise that just blew me away and still does. Mm-hmm. It really came out of left field that that was so good. Uh, number nine. Best of Both Worlds Part 1, Next Gen. That's an obvious choice, but there it is. Uh, Amok Time, the original series. Um, that, uh, my heart is, like the other three for, that, I, that I had to cut out, I think they were all original series episodes. So, you know, if, if you let, it, the original series just had so many knock the ball out of park episodes. But Amok Time at number seven is my uh, first original series one. And then that episode, it's still just so good. You know, it it's shocking how we talk about episodes that like establish stuff for the future. It's shocking mm-hmm. how much that episode establishes. Yeah, Star Trek uh-huh. continuity. It's it's so good. Uh, number six, far beyond the stars for DS Nine. We've talked about that episode a lot on this show, which is funny because we haven't actually got to that episode yet. <laughs> um, uh, so we'll be talking about that one a lot more. Um, I think it's sixth season, so we got a, another season mm-hmm. to go. Um, but that episode. No one's ever. It's funny. No one's ever really done that before. Have this fantasy type thing where they can repopulate all the characters using the same actors. Mm-hmm. It, it was very clever. No one's really done that. But but you know, mostly it's amazing just for that you know incredible story of that '50s sci-fi writer that's black in New York, and, and it's very good. Uh, mm-hmm. What do we got here? Number what was that uh, six? Wait, no, 10, nine, I didn't actually put numbers back, so 10, 9, 8, that was 7. Okay, so number 6 is Balance of Terror, the original series. Um, you know, it was uh, like the old submarine battle type episode, um, but that episode to me is amazing. I love Mark Leonard's performance in there, but it's it's the craziest thing about that episode is that it's, they they made that entire episode before they even, like, started showing Star Trek. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. such a quintessential, exciting Star Trek thing. And it's amazing to me that on a, you know, mid-60s television budget, you could have this exciting action thing that barely even shows the ships. You know, that's very good. Uh, all right, it's so number five, Latent Image, which is the only Voyager episode I got on here. Um, that was the one where the doctor found out that they had erased a little portion of his memory because he... Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good crazy. one. I love that episode. I love that episode. Uh, number four, The Doomsday Machine, original series. That's my favorite original series episode. It's a very good one. I had a hard I time. So. I always regret it. There was a t-shirt I think they sold on through Star Trek Communicator years ago, and it had a, a picture of Decker, mm-hmm. like, screaming, and then it had... <laughs> it had there was, but not anymore. <laughs> I always wish I'd gotten that shirt. Because uh, it's something you would only get if you, not just new Star Trek, but you had to know that episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love Doomsday Machine. I think it's just, it's the most fun original series episode. Number three, uh, and now these last three, if you've listened to this podcast, then you're probably going to know what they are for me. Uh, number three is The Inner Light Next Gen. We've talked about that a lot. An incredible episode. 
Uh, and then numbers one and two, they kind of always swap positions for me. But today, number two was Chain of Command Part 2, Next Gen. There are four lights, and number one is DS9's The Visitor. And we've talked about that a great deal on this show. And it's pretty much those those top three for me, The Visitor, Chain of Command Part 2, and The Inner Light, those are pretty much perfect you know, 40-some-odd minutes of perfect television. doesn't get better than that. Uh, <laughs> so who's going next? Um, I'll go. I'll go. Right. I'll make my list. Um, I couldn't separate, you know, like, for example, like um, um, Year of Hell. It's not on my list. But, I mean, I kind of consider, like, those two the epi- two part episodes as one. I mean, I really couldn't, like, pick one of them. They're, like, one episode to me. So I guess I could you could say I cheated. So yeah, like, here an, we go. That's an exciting <laughs> Exciting show. Um, well, I was just using that. That's I have a huge list here. That's like just one of them that didn't make the cut. But so, okay. oh, all right, okay. um, yeah. all right. It's a great episode. But yeah, it did, it's mm-hmm. great episodes. Okay, um, Enterprise. I feel really bad about. I only have one on here, and it's Broken Bow at number ten. Um, I thought it was a really great opening to their series. There are a lot of episodes in season four I really liked, but you know, with the Vulcans and you know the whole Klingon thing. Um, but they're like multiple episodes in there and, and you know it was, it was hard to pick one so i just broken bow that's my enterprise um selection there um that's number nine 10. okay oh yeah that's number 10 sorry um mm-hmm. number nine um data's day oh, I, mm-hmm. um you know i just couldn't take that off the list it's such a really it's a light-hearted episode um a lot of the ones that we talk about are serious and very dramatic and i, I just i always liked that episode i was having a good time watching it um where am I at? Number eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with um, Voyager Death Wish. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that was that's one mm, that's very good. That could have um, that should have made my list, but it didn't have room. Yeah. Very um, good. I'm going to stick with Voyager at number seven. Um, Latent Image. Ah, very good. That's a, a very good one. Um, number six. I'm going to go with the City on the Edge of Forever, original series. Yep. Um, it's hard that's to keep one that one else. I had to cut. Um. Oh, this was this was tough. Um, I went with um, Balance of Terror at number five. There are a lot of really good um episodes. I I I really wanted to keep Doomsday Machine on there, but um, I decided to go with Balance of Terror because that was kind of the first very act, you know, kind of submarine type episode. So where are we at? Um, number four. Um, Trials and Tribble Actions from deep space nine we haven't watched mm-hmm. that one yet mm-hmm. um what was that the number four 35th anniversary episode yeah what was that number four for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um number three on the list is the visitor deep, deep space nine wow there's all. not one but two above the visitor on your list <laughs> um, um so the visitors at number three um i went with the emissary at number two okay and um all good all good things um I, yeah I thought about all good things. Yeah, that's all good things is probably my favorite series closer, and the emissary is probably my favorite series opener. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a great wraparound there. Um, you know what does it for me? All good things. It's the line that Q has at the end of the end of the um end of the episode where he's like, "It's not the journey of the stars and and the globular clusters. What it's the journey of the mind." And I don't know. That's that line at all has always stuck with me. So well, that it, it's a great. Uh, kind of summation of why i think star trek is so popular you know everybody talks about that hope of the future but i mean there is it's not a a cliche or something there's really something to that you know Mm -hmm. and there's and that 
all our hopes and dreams um, are kind of are, are based on the journey of our minds, you know? And yeah, yeah. It's very good. Um, and th- this was rough. I mean, I think I had like 30 on here to start yeah. off with. I tell you, the, t- one you, the one you had on there that I just, I didn't even think about, and I should have, because it is that good, is Death Wish. That, that yeah. Voyager episode. Mm-hmm. If, if people don't remember, that's the one where uh, uh, a member of the Q continuum wants to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Janeway has to um, kind of mediate that. Yeah, well. I had I had to comb through. I mean, it's been so long since I've seen the, the Voyager series. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, going through Deep Space Nine was easy because we've been obviously, t- you know, talking yeah. a lot about it. And I've seen, you know, generations, you know, over and over again in the original. But yeah, I've, I had to really like read, I had to what go through, the, like read synopsis and stuff. What was the Enterprise episode you had? I had Broken Bow at number 10. Is it, oh, yeah. That, I remember it being pretty good when it when it premiered I, I need to watch it again i've only seen it twice and and steve can you help us is it broken bow or broken bow oh. i always assume it's broken bow because it's a play on broken arrow oklahoma oh yeah no you're probably right bow, oklahoma, but i'm not you know whatever yeah, this <laughs> um okay good list cool exciting all right steve all right um yeah i, I kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna be, go out a little different here. I had no Enterprise episodes, nor did I have a Voyager episode. I wanted to uh, Enterprise. I kind of felt like I might not have any on there. I kind of figured that. But Voyager, there were one or two, and when I just was putting it all together, I the, the nine and ten choices just to me beat those out. So now prefacing that, I, I haven't seen Voyager in a while, and I haven't seen Enterprise in a while, and, and Enterprise, some of those I've only seen once or twice, you know. And I kind of uh, became a fan with Next Gen and then went back to the original series and then on to DS9. So that might taint the the list a little bit. But Mm -hmm. obviously, unless you just sit down and were able to watch all of these in a short amount of time, there's really no objective way to do this. You know, it's... So. Don't, 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 don't feel bad when I was going through Voyager. I, I went through like the first three seasons going, man, am I going to pick a Voyager? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, don't feel bad. All right. So, uh, number 10, I have Chain of Command Part 2 from Next Gen. Nice. We agreed uh, on that one. Look at that. There are four lights. Yeah. There are four lights. That's uh-huh. right. Um, number nine, I have a mock time from the original series, mm-hmm. season two. Um, a little side note: I remember um, one of the first things coming out of the Abrams movie was I was thinking how they can't do. A, there's no a mock time anymore. You know, when you're thinking of the timeline, I was like, Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, eight, I have the Measure of a Man from Next Gen season. Yeah, two. I considered that when, when as soon as Caesar said Data's Day, it made me. It made me. I remembered Measure of a Man was in like the next ten for me. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk yeah. about the courtroom drama, which we've seen several – that's happened several times in Trek. And I think that's – that for me, that's the best example of that is the measure of man and next gen. Yeah, it was hard um, to keep off the top ten for me. Yeah. Uh, seven, I have Far Beyond the Stars, DS9, um, which, yeah, we're going to talk about in a fairly short amount of time. Uh, season six. Um, number six, I have Balance of Terror from the original series. It's, you know, it's surprising. All three of us put that on our list, didn't we? It's yeah. a great episode. It just sticks we, with yeah, you. But we've never really talked about it, so it's it's cool that we all feel that way about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can just sit there, and it's it's just that that kind of uh, claustrophobic intensity the whole time. You know, like good submarine movies and stuff. Um, 
Number five, I have the best of both worlds. Now, I know I separated chain of command as part two, but the best of both worlds, I had trouble saying part one or part two, because to me, it feels like a big epic cinematic mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, there it is, number five. Um, number four, I have In the Pale Moonlight from DS9. Nice, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're talking about that one fairly soon, too. Is that five or six? What do you say? I, I number four. I have that at four. Oh, I mean, is that, I'm sorry, is that season five oh, or season, season six? Season six. Season six. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. oh, yeah, I guess it's going to be a little while before we talk about that. But yeah. Oh, soon. But yeah, that's, a, that's fantastic. That's yeah. Really good. Um, three, I have City on the Edge of Forever. Um, and, and really these, these top three, which you know where it's going from here, I'm sure. But for me, it's a lot of it is emotion. When I watch them for each of the series they're in, they're the ones that just, you know, kind of tear me up in their own way emotionally. And that's why I have City on the Edge of Forever three. Then I have The Inner Light at two and uh, from Next Gen. And then at number one, I have The Visitor. From nice Vietnam. list. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this was this was a lot harder to do than I th- thought it would be. You know, you think about it. There's how many episodes roughly are there of Star Trek? Hundreds and hundreds. I don't know. Yeah, there's a uh, seven hundred and twenty. If if you don't count animated, there's seven hundred and four. And what are there twenty two animated? I think so. So that'd be seven hundred and twenty six if you count animated. Yeah, so. I actually wanted to put an animated episode on this list, but there there isn't an episode of the animated. This <laughs> there are a couple of good ones, like the one with Spock as a little boy. I, I love that episode, but it's I mean it's not that good. It's not this good. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh that's our episode list. Um, Steve, what were you you I just, I interrupted you uh, in a break here. What were you saying about where you found your your episode list or something? Or uh, not well, where you found it, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I, it, it's such a huge thing. You can't sit down and read 700-some episode titles and start, you know, I, I, mean, I guess you could. But for me, it felt more efficient to choose my best of each series and also refer to other lists to kind of get it straight in my head, like why people like certain episodes. Mm-hmm. But I did find that when you go online and look, you have fan sites and, and nerdy sites and, and entertainment sites. But there are some sites that you get this feel that some – people are just like vaguely familiar with it and then they just throw up episodes because some of these top 10 lists were like what you know i mean they they saw so episodes wouldn't be in my top 50 or something you know or <laughs> number one move along home <laughs> <laughs> not that extreme but but that was something i noticed i think these people made up stuff you know made up uh, okay so moving on um we asked you guys to submit your own things for any so we have our, our we did our episode list we're going to do our movie list here in a minute uh fantasy crew which was a listener suggestion um we're gonna have holiday memories soon and we're gonna have guests here in a bit um and uh dan uh michalski hope i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing your last name he sent us an email and i wanted to read it let's see here so he says uh as a disclaimer, I'll state up front that I generally prefer the original cast films due to their tighter continuity. Um, but it looks like his list. Um, all right, so from worst to best, he's got the motion picture, Generations, Insurrection, Final Frontier, Nemesis, Search for Spock, Undiscovered Country, Voyage Home, J.J. Abrams, Star Trek, First Contact, and The Wrath of Khan. Well, he's got First Contact pretty high. Um uh, and, and Abrams Star Trek pretty high. I mean, they're, they're both very good. I'm surprised they're so high. Um, that's cool. Uh, his fantasy crew. This is interesting. All right. So he's got a uh, Captain Cisco, first officer to Paul. Can't argue with that. Security officer Lieutenant Worf, chief engineer Jordy the Forge, medical officer the EMH, 
I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you on that one for sure. Uh, Helm Officer, Lieutenant Commander Data. Um, and then we've got Communications Officer Hoshisato, Morale Officer Neelix. And that's good as long as he isn't your cook, then you're in trouble. Uh, Science Officer, Seven of Nine. Um, and then the last thing he wrote here was uh, his, his Star Trek story, which I think is nice. Um, I don't have a Star Trek-themed holiday story, per se, he says, but in 1991, I was given the Shuttlecraft Galileo Star Trek Hallmark ornament with a voice recording of Spock wishing happy holidays. And that began a lifelong obsession of collecting Star Trek Hallmark ornaments, which continues to this day and is my primary source of Star Trek memorabilia. At Christmas, many of my friends and family find it quite peculiar that I have a Christmas tree adorned with Star Trek figures and spaceships, but it's just one of the burdens of being a Trekkie. Happy holidays, Dan. Um... Thanks so much for sending that email. It's a great uh, holiday story there and uh, good lists. Um, Steve, yes. now you've you've collected those ornaments for many years. Could you talk mm-hmm. about your uh, um, Hallmark Star Trek ornament collection sure. and how you got started and stuff? Well, I I have all of them, I guess. Um, I, I started <laughs> at the very beginning, and now it's... That's Steve's way of being modest when he says, oh, yeah. yes, maybe I have all of them. <laughs> uh, I think so. Actually, I'm looking at them right now. i got my tree up, and the vast majority of the ornaments on there are Star Trek. And it's kind of a tradition now. I get um, part of my Christmas gift from my parents are those ornaments. So I get those, and... I usually just wait to hang them for the first time until the next year. But, uh, yeah, so I started at the very beginning, I guess, what, early 90s was it when they started or late 80s? I don't know. And uh, so, yeah, I got, got uh, it's it's fun. It's nice. You plug in your tree and you get this cacophony of sound. <laughs> um, of course, and more recently, they've mostly gone to batteries and so on. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And um, and my niece and oh, nephew right, enjoy it. Yeah. You plug them into the actual Christmas lights so that whenever you plugged in the lights, they all went off at the same time saying whatever they right, said. Right, right. I see. And about nowadays, they're four all or five years ago, they went to batteries, yeah. So which, now you have to turn each one on separately. Well, they just, they still, they, there's just a button you can hit and they do something, light up or sound or whatever. Yeah, but, and uh, what's fun too is my, my little niece and nephew enjoy them too. So when they're over, you know, they like to see and hear what they do and they learn something about a trick, I guess, through that, so... Hey, would you uh, not write the second? But would you take a picture of your of your tree with all your Star Trek ornaments and maybe sure. put it on our Facebook page? Sure, I'll do that. Be cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's funny, you know, because um, the one ornament I've asked for for my wife was was it last year? They had the uh, Abrams Enterprise, which I thought was a really cool ornament. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I asked too late. By the time I asked her, everybody was already sold out of it. Um, so then this year I said, you know, you could you could just get me one of the annual Star Trek. Um, Hallmark ornaments every year for Christmas. And she's like, oh, wait, they make those every year? I'm like, oh my God, I failed as a Star Trek fan. <laughs> I, I, I did not explain to her that they come out with these things every year. So, yes, now she knows. So, you know, every year I, I anticipate getting it. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, let's see here. We are going to bring on uh, our good friend Trey Murphy. So we're going to take a mini break here while we uh, get him on. All right, we're uh, we're back with our guest, Trey Murphy. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Trey is a friend of uh, both both Adam Caesar and myself from, from way back. I don't know, probably what, 10 years or something. At least 10 years, probably longer than that. Probably what, oh, when we first met Trey, like 98? Yeah, yeah, back in the Blockbuster days. Yeah. We were all in college and uh, working at the video store together. Um, 
Wow. My kid isn't even going to know what that means. <laughs> uh, um, um, so how you doing, Trey? Man, I'm doing well. I, uh, I, I'm almost done with school, speaking of college. So, yeah, I'm going to be able to get back in and watch watch some more films sometime soon. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Trey, doing good. So you're officially going to be done with school? I'll officially be done. I've got my final final tomorrow, finally. Final final. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, Trey is a has a podcast of his own that he's on, um, the Radcast. Yeah, it's right? a, uh, a nerd podcast, as we like to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sit and talk about anything and everything nerd. Well, <laughs> today you're talking about a very, very, very specific nerd. Just like, <laughs> kind of like a final final. This is like nerdy nerd. Which is fantastic. I love that. Yeah. So um, we, one thing we were talking about here is uh, uh, the Star Trek films and among other things, they remind us of... Uh, Star Trek Christmas reminds me of Star Trek because so many of the Star Trek films have come out during the holidays, um, like all the next gen films, the very first film, stuff like that. Um, so you definitely you have uh, some strong opinions on the movies. Trey is um, Trey is my personal walking IMDb. <laughs> you know, every time I ever like, there's some obscure movie, you know, some crappy 1980 Paul Newman movie with lava in it. Trey knows the name of the movie. Man, those yeah. those are fun to find. Those yeah. those are entertaining movies right there. I love them. That reminds me, I got another one for you. I was thinking about it this morning. It has nothing to do with Star Trek. Cindy Lauper, Jeff Goldblum, South America. Uh, you know the movie. I, I can't remember the name of that movie. I okay. can't see the title right now. I know what you're talking about. But Star Trek. <laughs> uh, so, what are you, what are your favorite Star Trek films? What are the ones you like the least? I, you know, I remember the uh, the very first one I saw, so it stayed with me, and uh, it'll always stay with me. It's still Wrath of Khan, and sure. that's that's still still one of my favorites. Um, I rewatched Search for Spock again the other day, and that one's that one's still great. Um, I like First Contact because I remember seeing that in theaters. I, I think that may have been one of the very first Trek films I actually did see in theaters. So that one uh, that one's always. <clears throat> sort of held a special place and um the the new jj abrams one i really enjoyed because my wife and i got to go see it at a special screening before anybody else so it was almost as if we had bragging rights i was very jealous when you told me that you'd seen it it was very good i remember that clearly and and i've got a, a soft spot for nemesis and i think that stems primarily from when we were working at blockbuster i remember you came in with or <laughs> on a disc and we played it at least 10 times straight in the store. Yeah. yeah when they had customers in the store. Yeah. And so nemesis came out at, you know, Christmas time and around August or September of 2000, but God, Is that 2002, two, 2002. Yeah. So I mean, no, it must've been sooner. Like, no, like earlier in the year, much earlier in the year. Yeah. They released the first trailer like online <clears throat> and I downloaded it and I burned it to a DVD because we had a DVD player set up in the Blockbuster. And then um, as soon as our boss boss, Daniel, had left for the day, <laughs> we stuck it in the DVD player. And I had designed the DVD to loop. So we just stuck it in the DVD player and let it loop over and over and over. And, and I, we watched it so many times that I remember getting one line stuck in my head. Um, the time we have dreamed of is at last. 
and it bugged me because I got that line stuck in my head because I watched the trailer and listened to that line so many times. And then it wasn't in the movie. It's only the trailer. <laughs> right, could, could you imagine the look on Daniel's face, though, if he had come in and seen that line? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I couldn't have. He would have known who did that. Yeah, <laughs> he's a big Star Trek fan too. I'm sure it is. He would have been very conflicted, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. He would have, uh. yeah. I think Chan Two was always his favorite episode. By the way, um, so what, what? And which films are you not so bright on? There's really only one, and it's Insurrection. I've never been a big fan of it. It. Uh, I don't know what it was about it. There's something that just just bothered me about it. Watching it, and it. Um, it kind of seemed, I know it sounds bad to say, but hokey when I was watching it. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I may need to watch it again. But, if you uh, saw the director, and he said, like right after the movie, and he said to you, what did you think of it? Would you say, I think it's a piece of crap. Uh, actually, I would have, because I've done that before. When <laughs> I, I went to a screening, the very first screening of Hancock, and uh, the director was in the audience, and afterwards he he came up and he's like, "So, what'd you guys think?" Because my buddy Dave and I were there, and I, I looked him right in the face and said, "It was uneven, and it was absolutely terrible." And here's why. So I would have no problem telling that to his face. <laughs> hmm. Um, you said you had a, a a story or two you wanted to tell. Oh sure. Um, well, Christmas related. Uh, there were two actually, and uh, <laughs> one of them was. Uh, my wife and I were putting together our very first tree uh, we weren't married yet, but, um, this was two years ago we were living together and, uh, putting together the tree. And while we were doing that, we, we always put on, you know, something in the background to just sort of watch while we're doing it. And we put on a disc of Futurama and it just so happened to be the episode, uh, came up the, where no fan has gone before episode mm-hmm. had, the uh, the original cast in it so that just kind of stayed with me as a good memory with ashley and i putting together the tree while the episode yeah. playing and that's awesome yeah yeah that that one was that one's a blast and that actually i think uh from that episode that gave us the idea to go ahead and buy the big box set of futurama and we've had cast members sign it we've got uh shatner's autograph on it and george <laughs> Uh, and a few others so Leonard Nimoy so we're, we're building it and I'd like to think that stemmed from that moment when we were putting together the tree and just sort of had that Futurama Trek connection at Christmas time cool so there's Great. that one and the other one and this is weird because this one actually goes back to Insurrection is uh, I guess it was about three years ago the year that we got our cat Argento uh, I was living by myself with this cat, and I had just finished wrapping all of these Christmas presents on Christmas Eve, and I was going actually through a, a Trek film phase, so I was watching all of them, and I had Insurrection playing while I was wrapping. I finished up, I opened up a, a Guinness just to relax, and I uh, sat there and watched a terrible movie with the cat just curled up in my lap, but it was the most relaxed I'd been in a long time so that one just kind of kind of stays with me too those are those are my two track memories yeah there's there's no pressure uh when you're watching a a a bad movie that still has characters that you like you know yeah yeah i can see that's that's cool very cool especially if you're drinking a guinness too that's (laughs) really just you got a nice calm cat (laughs) yeah Hmm. just had his claws taken out so he was he was nice and docile it was good Cool. 
Well, um, we're going to get you on to talk about the episodes, especially now that they're all on Netflix and it's easy to grab them. Um, in fact, we've been talking about an episode far beyond the stars that's coming up in a season or so that I think you would really dig. Awesome. So we'll get you on for that. Yeah, I'm down for it. Cool. Um, and thanks for uh, being patient. I know we were running a little behind when we called you today. Oh, no, no, no worries at all. I'm, uh, I'm laying down just all cozy on the bed with the cat. So, <laughs> cool. <Good. laughs> so you go to a, uh, a lot of conventions. Uh, Trey, in fact, I just listened to a uh, uh, Trey mo- recently moderated uh, uh, the Willy Wonka Kids uh, panel with the Willy Wonka Kids um, uh, in Austin. Yep, yep, at uh, Wizard World in Austin. That was one of the most nerve-wracking moments I've ever had in my lifetime. But it was great. I wouldn't. I, I I'm absolutely glad that I did. It's one of the best experiences I've had at a convention. You'll get better at it. You, the next one you do, you'll get better at it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, if you do moderate any Star Trek panels, you're going to have some friends join you. You know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You betcha. Yeah. Cool. All right, so uh, you want to tell the folks where they can uh, find you online? Absolutely. Uh, if you go to radcast.com, R-A-D-D-E-A-S-T.com, uh, we've got all of our podcasts up there. We're actually the official podcast of almostnerdy.com, which um, is a website that specializes in everything geek and nerd and you know stuff that we like. So cool. it's... If you'd like, feel free to stop by and drop us a line. We'd love to, to have anybody and everybody check us out. Cool. Well, thanks for your time, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is a blast. Definitely need to, to do it again. Will do. Uh, you have a Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas, Trey, man. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys later. See you. Bye. Bye. Okay, we're back. Uh, thanks again to our good pal, Trey. We're going to get him on again in the future. Um, during our break here, uh, Steve was just telling a funny story about his his brother's Star Trek ornaments. Or give us that. Give us oh that story. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, one uh, the funny stories for sure is uh, some of the more recent ornaments. He's got this one that's like uh, a mock time. You know, there's Kirk and Spock fighting, and you hit a button and it plays like the the that dramatic theme music from their <coughs> that you heard so often. The dan, 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 and then you see the stuntman and. Well, he's found that it's fun to uh, cross that with the Christmas story, stick your tongue on the, on the <laughs> ornament, so it adds some drama to it. It's like, oh, triple dog, dairy, and that one's playing, and you click the other one in, so it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and they're screaming and yelling because <laughs> the tongue's stuck on the pole. Uh, very good. Good times. Good times. Uh, all right. Let's do our dream bridge crew lists. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. All right, you're going first. Go ahead. Mine's going to be kind of lame, so I'm going to go with the top. The McCoy, Spock, and Kirk. I know that's pretty much half the the list there. (laughs) Just go old school. Um, No, I remember that you like the triumvirate, because I always remember, well, before um, you you were one of the few people I knew that really kind of enjoyed Star Trek V, and that was the reason. I remember this from years ago. Maybe I'm, well, we're going to do our movie list later. Maybe I'm going to find out that it's different now. But So I understand that you got those three. Well, okay. you know, you guys were talking about how you guys got started on, on track. Um, I, I got started pretty young. I, I got started on the original series. It was always um, – my, my mom was a big watcher. And um, 
not necessarily a Christmas story, but I think I've said this before on the podcast is like every time we'd come home, we'd go, I'd go to Saturday mass. And when we'd get home from Saturday mass, we'd watch Star Trek. So it's probably where, you know, I got religion and, and Star Trek confused and now I'm on the right, now I'm on the right track. I'm on the track. religion. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I go with those three. Um, data has got to be on the crew for mm. sure. Um, engineer was a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Belana just cause she's fun. Okay. She adds a little spice to the crew. She's going to, she's going to piss some people off. Mm-hmm. Um, how many is it? There's seven, right? You, you got to have seven people. It depends, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, so, you, um, still need uh what communications communications. Yeah. I'll go with, uh, um, I'll go with, um, JJ Abrams, Ahura. Um, oh, <laughs> specific. Actress. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't remember. <laughs> um, where am I at? I need, um, we need a helmsman, don't we? Um, hmm. No, you already said data. Data? Yeah. He's operations, but who's counting, I guess? Operation. Well, he, he pilots the ship most of the time on next gen, doesn't he? I thought Actually, he was, uh, you, oh, Wesley. Wesley's doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so um, I'll go with, um, I'll go with Tom Paris. To pilot okay. the ship. All right. All right. My fun bridge crew. Anyway, right. and just so you know, any one of them can work on the bridge crew. They're all inter- interchangeable. Sure. <laughs> hey, Steve, what do you got? Um, well, I kind of there's no point in doing <laughs> one. there's only like one primary character for the position, you know, like a counselor and so on. So I kind of left that stuff out. But mm-hmm. um, I've got uh, Captain Picard. He's my fave. Um, first officer slash science officer Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, operations got data. Um, well, we're, we're the same so far. Um, for engineer, I have Scotty. Um, for the doctor, I have Bashir. You know, all that genetic engineering and all that. Um, at the helm, I have Paris. He always struck me as kind of a, having a natural thing for that. Um, on security, I've got Worf. And communications, I have Uhura. Uhura? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yes, Uhura. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so so I had to do two lists. I couldn't find any, figure out any other way to do it. So my dream bridge crew of the show that I'd want to watch, that's going to be uh, <laughs> much like you started off, Captain Picard, uh, and then we got First Officer, Science Officer Spock, um, Ops, got Data. For the Doctor, I'm going to go with the EMH from Voyager. Uh, Security Chief Worf, Chief Engineer O'Brien, because that he could do anything, and mostly because I. Yeah, I just like to see him. Um, communications. I actually have Sato because she's um, mm. she has a pretty good knack for communication. Indeed, with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had to have a new position I created called special advisor, uh, which would be Garrick. <laughs> and then my dream bridge crew of the ship I'd want to be on. That would be. Captain Garrett, now that's the Enterprise C from Next Gen. Uh, First Officer Kira, the Intendant version. Uh, Ships Counselor Troy. Uh, Communications would be Uhura. I'll take both, the original series and the Abrams version. Mm. Chief Engineer Torres. Security Chief Yar. And then, of course, the Science Officer would be Seven of Nine. And that's the ship that I'd want to serve on. That's strange how they're all women. That's interesting. (laughs) I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Enterprise C? You wouldn't go with the, like, future Enterprise? Well, no, Captain Garrett's because oh. she, yeah. Okay, yeah, Captain yeah, Garrett. Captain Garrett. Garrett. Garrett there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Okay, we are, we're back with, uh, we took a little break there. Sorry, I didn't say we were taking a break, but we did. Uh, we're back with our good friend, uh, Brian McCaughey. Hello, Brian. Hey, hey Brian. Hey. Brian last joined us, boy, they, the, the three, the circle, the three-parter. Was that like the end of the first season or is that the second Beginning season? of the second. Beginning of second, right? The first show is season two. Thank you. Um, so it's been a while since I think since we've heard from Brian, but uh, Brian has some great uh, memories. Like uh, specifically, he's told me about the, uh, the, the motion picture memories he has. So uh, Brian, you, we just went through our um, episode list, but we haven't gotten to our uh, our movie list. We're going to do that a little bit later in the podcast. So um, if you want to uh, tell us. If you if you if you want to order like all the Star Trek movies, great. But even if if all you want to do is give us the ones that you think are the best, that's fine too. I mean, I remember my my memories of of the Star Trek films are, are incredibly vivid because I don't. I'm much more of a Star Trek cinematic aficionado, and mm-hmm. um, I can remember seeing Star Trek the motion picture in the theater. I mean, theatrically, and being very very excited for it when it happened. And this, and I think I've told Brian before, there was this beautiful cardboard marquee that was in the lobby that had. Uh, had lights with inside of it and it had that kind of classic image where you see the painted rays of the three. I think it's, it's Kirk, Spock, and, and maybe Ilea. I don't think it's Bones, yeah, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and, yeah. Uh, each one has their own shade of color and there was illumination within that. And I think I probably just, you know, as a child, probably stared at that thing the entire time I was in the lobby, you know, you had to go up <laughs> to it and touch it and stuff and just, you know, was amazed with it. Went to see the feature. I remember we walked in uh, a little bit late. Uh, and uh, and sat through the whole thing, and my mom was ready to go, and it ended, and I was like, no, 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 we need to see the beginning. So we stayed and watched the beginning, hmm. and for me, I loved it, but my mother was like, God, that was so boring. That was so <laughs> boring. And as a child, I was just like, how could it be boring? There were so many spaceships in it. There were so many. I didn't want to say, I didn't know the word effect shots, but I was like, there's so many spaceships in that thing. How could it be boring? <laughs> it has classical music and spaceships, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and it wasn't until later on that I realized, yeah, I think this thing kind of is, is boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I enjoyed it at the time. I remember the, uh, a friend of mine had the action figures. That probably was my first clue to, to the, the, the idea that the film could have been boring because I remember we didn't know what the hell to do with those action figures, you know? <laughs> Picture action figures. We had no concept of how to play with them. You know, how do you play with them? It wasn't until my friend uh, in the neighborhood, Jeff, was like, did you notice they didn't use their phasers at all in that movie? And I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, there was no hand-to-hand combat or anything like that, you know? Um, but that movie, I remember their Happy Meals around it and stuff, and just uh, an incredible push behind that movie. And um, Well, now, it did come out, you know, it did come out in December of 79, so there was like a winter, you know, I was talking earlier, we talked about um, the reasons that we kind of occasionally associate Christmas with Star Trek, and one of those reasons for me was that most of the movies, until very recently, the movies always came out around the holidays. Really? Uh, that the first movie did. The first movie was December of '79. Was there? And I was I was admittedly too young to remember that film um, at all. But uh-huh. at your age, so you're a little kid then. But did you know the the actual show? Did, was there a sense of neat? These guys are going to be on the big screen, or was it just a cool big space movie? You know, I was, at, I, in the post Star Wars world. I was aware of the show, but I was not a watcher of the show because the show as a child just seemed incredibly dated to me, you know, and I had seen, yeah, I had watched the shows that I had watched as a child were, were that were sci-fi were space 1999. Um, I'm pretty sure Battlestar Galactica was on the air already mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so I associated with, uh, you know, sci-fi 
with a different era, not with kind of the 60s. I think just with the 70s. So I was not a watcher of the show. I do remember there were being these Star Trekathon things that would happen in syndication where you'd get like marathons of Star Trek episodes or whatnot. I knew it was a big deal. <clears throat> But the show itself wasn't a big deal to me. But the show, but but it didn't matter because the uh, the feature film was so updated, you know. And I I must have seen a trailer or TV spots for it. it was so updated that there didn't even have to be a TV show. Yes, yeah, so it was been. almost irrelevant that it was based on a show for you. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was it, it, it was it wasn't irrelevant, but yes, it, it could it could very well have been, and it didn't it didn't influence my decision at all. If this movie had been called Space Tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and the characters were brand new and it had all those effect shots I would have shown up for it too so and you have um memories of the other films too well I absolutely do and, and it just you I didn't know that these these films had a history of coming out around the holidays does that was that the same thing for Star Trek 2 as well um I'm pretty sure but I'm not as sure as I am about like all the next gen films came out Thanksgiving okay and then um I know for sure that the first film came out in December of like the first week of December '79. Okay, but I'm not as sure about the other ones. The uh, the second film, I mean, I remember this is going to sound so strange. I'm glad that the only people that would hear this are the people that would listen to your your podcast. <laughs> I remember about the second film, the anticipation for it, and the idea that it was going to be something different. And I remember that my my sister and I were going to go see Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. There was a lot of discussion with me and my friends about. Con and I think that the fact that that show was kind of a, somewhat tied back to the TV that that episode tied back to the TV series somehow that it made me a little bit more interested in the TV series because I was familiar with that episode. Um, but I remember having discussions with our friends like, did did they set this up? Did they set this up in the show? Did he say he was going to come back or something like that? And obviously, I don't think that happened. But um, but I remember being very excited the day that we were going to see it and literally being in like as a kid in the shower, just thinking, I can't believe I'm going to see a new star Trek movie in just about an hour or so. Like we're going to go to the mall. I'm going to see this movie. And I remember that the seeing that movie was the first time I probably remember going, wow, this is really good. Like this isn't just explosions and spaceships. I'm really into the story. And my sister was five years older than me. So I valued her opinion. And she was like, that was really good. That was a good movie. Forget about Star Trek, but forget about the the special effects just for what it was. That was a good movie. And I, I had that feeling walking out of there. Like we had seen something that was really, really good. But I also remember thinking, wow, they changed the look of everything so much with the uniforms. Yeah. And the movie had a different look that it made me think that there might be a third movie that had another look Like each movie would reinvent and rent it somehow. <laughs> And that was really the only – they reinvented it for the second film. Nick Meyer took over and then pretty much it, they stuck with that nautical look for all of the original series films. Right. And I was glad that they did because I think that just set up a nice – that was a nice way to go. I think you guys – In a weird way, it's what, one of the things that makes the first film feel even more dated. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Because you know, all the other films, all through 1991, the original series films, all have that same – look but then the first film from 79 everybody looks so different the uniforms everything's so different i heard a comedian once say that the reason why we won won the first iraq war the first gulf war is because the other army didn't have two didn't have two uniforms that matched and literally i think the federation at that time in the first film nobody had two uniforms that matched i think everybody's uniform was a little was was a different hospital gown somehow that had been retrofitted into that kind of beigey light bluey color and stuff so hmm. uh there's uh, a story i wanted you to tell um okay. you used to tell me about the uh, star trek 3 lobby cards oh yeah 
Tell me, oh, tell us that story. The lobby cards. It was the souvenir book. Right, the souvenir book. Right, right. <laughs> I my friend Timothy Adams uh, invited me to come with him to go see Star Trek Three: Search for Spock, and we went. Ironically enough, to the same theater, I think, where we saw the first Star Trek movie. And my parents would give me some cash. Like, hey, you know what? We don't want you to act like you're a freeloader. For you. These kids are going to take you. The parents are going to take you to the movie. You, you bring this cash and you offer to pay for your ticket at least. And, and great. When we were at the marquee, there was this sign saying, you know, we have these Star Trek three souvenir books. And I remember thinking, well, I got enough cash now to get it. So I just bought it. And he got one, too. And we were really excited about it. And... Um, you know, I spent hours and hours and hours looking at that thing. And when my parents had found out that I hadn't even offered to pay, they took that Star Trek three guide and they just ripped it like <laughs> to shreds, like right in front of me. They were so upset about it. You know, they, they ripped it up that I woke up in the middle of the night and I found the pieces and I taped very methodically the entire book back together. So if you saw me as a kid looking at that book, you, it probably looks like the opening titles of seven, you know, where the guy's got that. <laughs> book it's got fingerprints and that's what my star trek book looked like and um and i just i, I didn't care i loved it because it was just you know i loved star trek so much ironically enough i would stare at that book and i would think about like the of course the effect shots and i thought i can't wait till star trek 4 so we can get another space movie again and i remember someone saying to me well the, the star trek 4 i saw a commercial for it it's it's a time travel movie they go back to the united states and like present day and i was like crushed Absolutely crushed. Like, oh my god, I hate stuff like that. I hate TV episodes like that. But it turns out that Star Trek Four turned out to be like a really good movie, and it even for, for something I didn't, you know, really want to see that way. It was really good. It's funny. Uh, we're gonna get to our movie list later, but uh, people that listen to this podcast know I've talked about it before. That Star Trek Three is actually my favorite Star Trek film, and that's unusual. Right. That isn't most people don't think that, but. Right. Because it's my favorite film, and Brian, you've been over here and see, I have a little bit of a shrine here in my home oh my studio God. for Star yeah. Trek Three. Among yeah. other things, I, I have that very Star Trek Three souvenir book up there in the glass case. <laughs> it's it's uh. it's it's charming, and it's 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 extremely detailed. Um, and I and it, there, it's it's so funny that it's it's a it is a shrine to Star Trek Three. I think anything that relates to Star Trek Three, almost you've got there. I think you have the film in almost every format, right, including laser. Yes. Not laserdisc, that other kind of. Well, disc. I have something even way more rare. I have something I've never seen a second copy of. I have I have a Star Trek three, um, CD uh, a video CD, <laughs> an official retail release of Star Trek three on video CD. But the video CD is cool. But you have something, don't you have uh, some of the the first kind of video disc, the one that stays inside of the oh, case? Oh yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, the um, uh, they're called video discs, the RCA. That basically on an album, it was lower resolution than um than uh, VHS even. Those didn't last very long. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a funny one. No beta? Uh, of course I have the beta. Yeah. Okay. You want, you want the list of everything? I got, I got laser. I got beta. I got um, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, video CD. And uh, did I already say beta? Yeah. Beta. Mm, so all you, actually, all you actually need is a reel. Yeah, really. That's true. I do not have a film print of Star Trek Three. <laughs> you should get a film print and the book and record. You know, the one that. Oh, no, that I have chimes. that. I, yeah, I have. Oh, I have, have the uh, story book and record. I have that. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I have seen the uh, Star Trek Three, uh, like sixteen millimeter trailer. I should get. I should buy one of those on eBay. Anyway, um, so lastly, what are your favorite Star Trek films then? Okay, my favorite uh, Star Trek films is is it's two, you know I like the the even number series. I like two and four quite a bit. 
Um, uh, five is one that I have really, really, really good memories of. Because we actually skipped school to see it, you know. So if you, if you, basically the history of my education is you can see it. Like, you know, I was a little kid when we saw the first one. It got bigger, bigger, bigger. I actually skipped school to go see Star Trek uh, Five and loved it. You know, it wasn't until I read that everybody else hated it that I was like, really, you guys hated that movie? I didn't think it was like, you know, awesome, and it was complete. I could see how it's a letdown from Star Trek Four, but I like Star Trek Five quite a bit, and this is probably gonna sound weird i don't really care for star trek six all that much the the wow. undiscovered country it just doesn't do much for me i almost felt like the whole thing was out of gas at that point but uh and I, of course i love abram's movie and uh and the next gen movies i think they're i think they're just kind of okay you know i mean i I, th- I like i like a lot of what's in generations or whatnot but i i don't i didn't get the same feeling i got from the uh the original series crew so two and four are your favorites? Two and four are definitely my favorites. Absolutely. Where do you put Abrams? Is It's up there? <sighs> Abrams is like trying to put a Nolan film into the Burton category. You know what I mean? Because they're, mm-hmm. they're so divided that I can't. I haven't gotten to that point where I can put them all together. The day that, you know, we're, we're very old men and we're going through iTunes which, you know, it was probably going to be the only way to get movies someday. And I see the Trek collection there, and it's got all those films there together, including the Abrams films. I can probably uh, yeah. uh, put them together. But it really feels like and like the Dark Knight or Batman Begins in trying to put that into the, the Burton category somewhere. Hmm. Well, Brian and I saw the Abrams film together. We saw it twice the day it came out, didn't we? We saw it twice. I mean, we saw it twice, uh, like the earliest screenings there were. Yeah. And we went, we drove, you know, a distance to go see it, you know, in two different theaters. <clears throat> I don't remember why, but. Oh, I, no. So we saw it at 5 p.m., which was the norm, most in the country, it was like 7 p.m. screenings. But the Arclight uh, in Sherman Oaks offered a single screen at 5 for some weird reason, which sold out really, really fast, but we got into that. And then we already had midnight tickets at the Arclight right. at the Cinerama Dome, which I'm right. not normally a fan of the Cinerama Dome, but we went to that because they had some exclusive Star Trek gifts that they were only giving to the midnight Cinerama Dome sh- screening. Right. What was it? It was like a, an iPhone case. And, oh, the coolest stuff, that blue T-shirt. It was the T-shirt from... Oh, there's that whole Austin line of I can't even remember. It's some company in Austin I think that's made this line of posters that are like kind of modern hand drawn things. Right. Steve, Steve Adam, you guys remember the name of that? I, I don't remember. But it's, they're still making them. They do them frequently. Um, but they did a really cool like shirt with uh, uh, for Abrams. It had the a- Abrams Enterprise on it. Yeah. No, they gave us that free too. So that's yeah. why we went to the second screening. But then of course I saw it three more times that weekend because I always see Star Trek films <laughs> five times on opening weekend. But the first anyway. the first one, the first theater they we went to, they gave us this like carabiner thing that you could use oh, yeah, yeah. on right. your backpack. It had yeah. the, the logo on it, which is really cool. But I think there's also some statement on there that said like, please don't use this, you know, for mountain climbing or something like that. It's plastic. Oh, yeah. you, you will die. <laughs> and some guy with pointy ears and jet boots will come get us. <laughs> Well, uh, it's Brian. It's been great having you. Um, Thank you. It's been great being here. Can you uh, tell the folks where they where they can find your uh, work? Brian's a, a kick ass editor. Tell everybody where they can find your work. You can find my work at uh, a company I own called Double Plus Good at doubleplusgood dot com. D o u b l e p l u s g o d dot com. Do we have a Star Trek uh, up there? I don't think we do. Right? Because I did. I did the home. 
we cut the uh, the pay per view campaign for the Abrams film for the Abrams, yeah. And and this is a side note. I I did send Brian a copy where I switched out Abrams' name with yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. said like from director J.J. Abrams, and I and I just changed the, right the font and everything. And wasn't there a lens flare in there? Maybe there's a lens flare too. Exactly, <laughs> and it says you know from director Brian Williams. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we will hear from you next time. Rob, take care. Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas, Brian. See you. You too, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, we're back, and uh, we appreciate having our good buddy Brian McCaughey on the show. And uh, what do we got here? We haven't done our movie list yet. Our, we haven't done our movie lists. Mm-hmm. Heard from everybody else. Um, so, um, Steve, you haven't gone first yet. All righty. Um, all right. So again, I'll preface this by saying I kind of got into Trek with next gen and then kind of went back from there. I, I didn't see a lot of the early films, uh, in the first runs caught those, you know, after the fact, but, um, so it's obviously a mix of, you know, em- emotional and, um, you know, trying to, I'm no critic, but you know, <laughs> try to be critical of, of the movies and, and what I like to see in a film too. So, and you're going to go worst to best. Yes. I'm going to start okay. with, all right. I'm going to start with Nemesis. Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so yes, Nemesis. And, and I, wow, I'm a, you, you think you, Nemesis, well, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna let you finish your list before I talk about it. Nemesis. Right. Nemesis number 11. Nemesis. Yeah, I've got, and, and you know, I am a big next gen fan and I was in denial when I first saw that because of the next gen, you kind of feel it's probably the last next gen movie, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's just not good. And then 10, I have, um, the, Final Frontier, number five. Yeah, so that's what I was about to ask. So you think Nemesis is worse than Final Frontier? Yeah, I, th- I mean, they're really close to me. For really me. close, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, number I nine, I have, I have uh, the motion picture, uh, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, I have Insurrection. Uh, number seven, I have The Voyage Home. I know that's a real popular one, but for me, it, it's, it's, there's so much catering to the masses that it, I'm not as big on that. Anyway, uh, at six, I have the search for Spock five. I have generations Four, I have, uh, the recent JJ Abrams, Star Trek three. I have, uh, the, it's hard to do this list because of the damn Abrams movie. Just it is odd. Star Trek, isn't it? You can't just say Star Trek. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I guess you could, that's but why I would he did it. That's why yeah. he did it. So that everybody would say his name all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to say Abram Star Trek. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, probably so. Uh, three, I have The Undiscovered Country. Um, two, I have First Contact. And one, of course, Wrath of Khan. Cool. I, I was really surprised that Brian McCaughey <clears throat> Star Trek Six so much. Yeah. Because um, honestly, yeah. you and I both agree. I think we had it near, near, have it nearly the same position. Um, but... I, yeah, it's it's very good. Um, it's my wife's favorite Star Trek film. Hmm. Um, what did you? Yeah, you had uh, number one was uh, Con, but number two was First Contact. Yeah, yeah. I again, I, I might have a little bit of next gen bias, but of course, I put the other ones, you know, two of the other ones, quite low on the list. Yeah. I, I, for me, it's just solid. I don't know if it's it's because. You know, it's kind of like I like Generations fine, and I thought it was interesting, and I have it somewhere mid part of my list. But First Contact to me is is cinematic. It feels like mm-hmm. this is way cool. Here's the next gen in a movie. I mean, that one the most out of all their films definitely feels that way to me. It's just yeah. big, you know, epic. Uh, Caesar, what do you got? All right, at number eleven, I have Insurrection. Now I've watched it recently. It's not a bad film. I'm 
Insurrection is probably the lowest point in my... I was more disappointed with Insurrection than any other movie. Not because it's a bad movie, just I, it was such a letdown from um, First Contact. Because First Contact's a phenomenal movie. And I, I don't know. It was a bad it was a bad time for me in my Trek world. You know what's so, funny? I want to tell a very quick story, if I may. Go for it. Um, Insurrection is the only Star Trek film I saw before it came out. It was the one time I got invited to a press screening a few days mm. before the movie came out. Um, and just like you, after, after First Contact being so good, and I'm going to tell my First Contact story a little bit later, I was so pumped and excited for Insurrection. And... Um, I remember I got this invitation. Long story short, long story why I got why I got the invitation, but I got this invitation from Paramount, and it was for me and a guest. And at the time, I lived in Dallas, right? And I called up my good buddy Steve Embry, who lived eight <laughs> hours away in. Um, or, yeah, at the time, I think you were living in Lebanon, Missouri. But anyway, you were Probably. a good seven, eight, nine hours away. And I said, "Oh my God." We can go see the Star Trek movie early. Just come down here. All you got to do is drive here. Take the day off. <laughs> you drive down here, and we're going to go see it. We're going to see it days before it comes out. Aren't you excited? And Steve thought about it for a day, and he's like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do it. And I thought, man, are you nuts? The chance to see Star Trek movie? Like, okay, fine, whatever. And then, you know, I saw the movie, and it was bad. <laughs> and I thought, wow, Steve made the right choice on that one, didn't he? <laughs> what if you've driven eight hours to see that movie each way? Wow. Um, yeah, I think the thing with um, yeah, Insurrection, it's like a long episode from the series. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, oh, definitely. Um, yeah. um, That's probably the, the biggest complaint most people have about it. Mm-hmm. So where am I at? That's number 11. So that was your first one, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, okay, number 10, um, the motion picture. Okay. Star Trek. Um, number. Yeah, it sounds like all of us have that pretty low on the list then. <laughs> high, yeah. depending on. None of us like it, yeah. A disclaimer we all like all these films. We'll, pop, we'll, we'll sit down and watch any <laughs> one of least them. Least favorite to favorite. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like, oh my God, I can't ever watch ne- Nemesis. I hate Insurrection. Oh, it's not. I guess I'll, I'll watch never it. watch it again. I watched two <laughs> hours of them sitting on the toilet. You know, it, it's Trek. Okay. So, whatever. <laughs> so, we'll just preface that now to our <laughs> listeners. It's not like we don't like any of these films. Right. Yeah. So, where right. am I? I'm at number yeah. 10, Motion Picture. Um, I'm going to go number nine, Nemesis. Um, Number eight, I'm going to go the Final Frontier. I know you. I know you thought I would go higher, but number eight. No, no, that's that's still higher than either of us. You know, you uh-huh. still you like it more than. Well, now we know uh, Brian kind of liked it, um, Brian McCaughey. But you know, most people don't like Star Trek Three, and it's my favorite. So, you know. um, I'm gonna go. Where am I? What's number eight? I'm at number seven, the Voyage Home. Number six, Star Trek 2009, J.J. Abrams. Um, <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> you can't help but do it. Um, I'm number five, Generations. Um, number four, I'm going to go with the Undiscovered Country. And, oh my God, I lost my place on my list. Um, you have three to go. Three to go. Um, first Contact. Um Search for Spock and um, the Wrath of Khan. Cool. <clears throat> so, Search for Spock and then the Wrath of Khan. So, your Search for Spock was high. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a, I, it's a great. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Brian. It's a great movie. There's a lot of emotion in it. It's I mean, you know, it's, it's it's very good. I mean, it's 
it's hard for me to, I mean, even the scores, I mean, the scores are kind of similar, but I mean, the stealing the enterprise score, it's, I, I love listening to that score yeah. over and over. I can listen to it over and over James again. Warner, awesome stuff. Okay. My list, uh, number 11, Star Trek five, the final frontier. It, it, to me, it's, it's probably the only truly, truly bad Star Trek movie. Um, but just like you were saying, I can watch it. <laughs> I can watch it. If nothing else, the, the one nice thing about it is what I remember, Caesar, you used to say that you enjoyed about it, which is that it's one of the few films, if not the only film, that really is just kind of that trying. It's really just Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, you know, like them together in the in the, the brig or something, you know, that, that feels like we get the three of them in a way that we that we didn't before or after. Mm-hmm. Well, not, yeah, well, you know, since the original series. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's number 11. So number 10, in, all, all of our last few, we all kind of agree, that's for sure. We're slightly different orders. But uh, number 10, Insurrection. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote. have you ever experienced a perfect moment in time? <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, nemesis. Um, Star Trek movies are better when they're directed by people that know something about Star Trek. Who knew? Yeah, uh, you know it's it's bad for plenty of other reasons too, but I think that's the main thing. Uh, the motion picture, it's very pretty, and it's definitely got the greatest score ever for any Star Trek. Um, Goldsmith's score is incredible, um, but the movie makes me sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> it puts me to sleep. Uh, what is that? At eleven, ten, nine, eight, number seven. Generations. Hey, that's the same as the number the, the movie was, right? Star Trek Seven Generations. Yeah, yeah. Um, Generations. It's it's probably the the best looking Trek film for me. You know, like the colors and stuff. And mm. um, but ultimately, the movie feels like what it is, which is a forced meeting between the captains. And I still don't like it when Picard cries. It's you know, captains shouldn't mm. be crying. <laughs> uh, so what do we got here? Those. So those are the ones that. I don't care for so much. And that's 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. So number six is uh, Abrams' Star Trek. Lots of fun. And, uh, you know, I still think it's a brilliant and modern, a brilliant modern take, you know, and um, and it has a very clever, if painful, way to keep the continuity going. Um, I wish the movie was about a little bit more. It's it's mm. more like a fun romp, but that's, you know, it's, it's a very fun romp. Uh, 11, I should have put numbers next to these. 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Number 5, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Uh, this movie gets extra points for being the most watchable Trek film. You know, you could play this for anybody, mm, right? It's, and it's also, uh, for better or worse, it's the funniest Star Trek thing to me. Yeah. I think I say for worse because after the movie was so successful, I think there was this sense that we had to put humor into it. Not just the series, but especially into the movies. And some of the movies feel like like Insurrections humor feels really forced. And I think it's one of the reasons the movie isn't good. Mm. Well, double damn ass on you, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what is that? That was five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you made the four, same mistake I made, Brian. I didn't put yeah, numbers next to I just didn't put numbers next to Number four, first contact. Watch your features end. You know, it was so, it's so great that, you know, for as much as uh, maybe I didn't like, say, you know, I don't know, Insurrection or Nemesis, whatever, um, even Generations was lacking. I'm glad. I'm so glad that, that Next Gen, that they had one great movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and the scene in the ready room between Lily and Picard is is my favorite, second favorite, uh, Trek movie scene. I love that scene. Mm. Um, so three, Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. I, I just think the movie's brilliant. The performances are awesome. Um, it's a very strong and a very relevant script and story. I love that the original series went out with such a bang. 
Uh, and it also gets an honorable mention for having my all-time favorite Star Trek trailer or teaser. The, the teaser of it, the one where it had like yeah. Christopher Plummer's yeah. voice and he's saying like, for a quarter of a century, you've gone with them as they went on all these adventures or something. And mm-hmm. then it had like, like epis, like the Enterprise was doing a very slow pass by the camera and you could see they had like projected episode, the original series episodes on the Enterprise hull. Remember that one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that to you. Oh, it gives me goosebumps even just thinking about it. Uh, number two, uh, Wrath of Khan, nearly a perfect movie, you know, and it pretty much saved Star Trek. And then, of course, as I've said many times, my favorite Star Trek film is The Search for Spock, um, which I know is a little bit unusual, but <clears throat> I think it's my favorite because it's just the crew and it's nobody else and nothing else. It's just the crew on the ship by themselves and they risk everything for. Mm-hmm. You know, their friend, their brother, Spock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and, and Adam, you mentioned the scene where they steal the Enterprise, the music there. That that whole scene, the scene where they steal the Enterprise from Space Dock is... It's I'm not awesome. exaggerating when I say it's my it's my favorite scene in movie history. <laughs> wow. That's my like, go-to scene for, for all movies. I love that scene. It just sums up all of Star Trek for me in, in an incredible way. I love that scene. <sighs> so that's our uh, movie list. Um... Uh, one of our listeners, Benji, he sent me an audio sample, or you know, like a minute of audio that, of him giving his list and stuff. Uh, the file didn't work, so he's going to resend it. If he sends it and it works, we're going to insert it right now. <laughs> if you hear me continue talking, it's because it didn't happen. So is it here? It will be right here. Hi, my name is Benji. I'm from Alabama, and I'm recording this for the Trek Companion Christmas Special. I'm going to be giving you my order of the Star Trek films, just my personal preference of them. Insurrection, First Contact, Generations, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, Nemesis, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek 2009. Now let me just say that I do love all of these films. There's not a Trek film or series that I don't love, but I do tend to go against the grain on parts of the Trek franchise that I do particularly love. So I thought giving you my film preference would be a great idea to just throw in a new perspective for everybody. Thank you to Trek Companion and fellow listeners to Trek Companion, and Merry Christmas to everyone. And there it was, or wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I stopped recording. It was, e- it was either incredible or you'll hear it another time. <laughs> okay, so everybody's told stories. The closest thing I have to a, um, a, a Christmas Star Trek story, um, I don't know if you even, I don't know if I told you this, Brian. I interviewed um, Leonard Nimoy a couple of weeks after Christmas, I believe in 06. Um, um, yeah, I was pretty bad. Um, I just started working, um, um, um with Comcast and I kind of said that he was doing, it wasn't even a Star Trek thing. He was just doing like, you know, he does this, it was like an orchestra and he was there and he did some speaking and then they played in the orchestra and, um, I got permission to interview him. Um, and I was, I wish I could do it now just cause I'm, I'm a lot better at like speaking to people and blah, 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 doing the interview stuff. Um, if I'm brave enough, I'll, I'll, I still have the video. I'll put it up on our Facebook if I ever get brave enough to put it up there. But it's it's awkward for me to watch. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad for other people to watch. But that was a couple of weeks after Christmas. They still had all the lights up and everything like that. So that's my closest thing to a Star Trek Christmas story, besides going and seeing the movies. You don't want to tell us anything you asked him or anything? I honestly don't remember. I don't honestly don't remember. I mean, What's I remember asking color? 
yeah, it was kind of like that. I remember You're at pretty the, great. I like you a lot. <laughs> I asked him if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've watched it. He it was an 06, I believe, or 07. And there was talks about the the new Trek film, and I'd asked him about that, and he wouldn't he wouldn't confirm or deny anything. He was in talks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I believe I asked him how he felt about um, Star Trek being, you know, probably going on for generations and generations, and how he felt about that. And um, I don't think he had a very um, I, I I don't I don't know if that makes him uncomfortable thinking that Star Trek could you know live on for lifetimes after he's gone. Um, I, like I said, it's been years since I've actually watched it. I have to, I have to pull it up over the Christmas break and, and see what he said. But it was a really—I fa- think I asked him like five questions. It was really quick, and you know, I'm like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually aired that. Somebody edited it together, and it actually aired on one of our Comcast shows. So, oh, cool! That was a lot of fun. Well, the the, the one story I wanted to tell. Um... I've been teasing this, and now it's not going to live up to that. It's just such a good memory for me. Um, so First Contact came out, you know, holiday 96. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, holiday 96. Um, there was, a, you know, it, it was an exciting time because Generations, you know, we we kind of got that stuff out of the way, you know, Next Gen. The transition uh, movie. Yeah, the transition movie, and it was done. And now Next Gen was finally on their own, and it was the you know, the, everybody's favorite villain, the Borg. And mm-hmm. It was very exciting because it's in the new ship and all that stuff. So I was, I was pretty nuts about First Contact. I remember the first time I saw the, the first teaser for it, which didn't even have footage of all the FX shots were like reused from other movies. It, it, had, it had some footage of, of like on the bridge and stuff. But I remember every time it would cut to like a ship flyby, it was the Enterprise D. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be in the movie. But I was so excited just to see the teaser. It was, you remember, it was the teaser where it's like, it's like the camera is going around some object in space and then they pull mm-hmm, back and mm-hmm. it's like some big Federation emblem made by the Borg or something. You know, yeah. It, yeah, it was cool. I remember like I was seeing it and I, and I didn't even realize until it was over but I like looked down and I'm, I had physically moved to the edge of my seat in the theater and my hand was squeezing my brother's knee. I don't even remember what movie we were seeing. And he's like, dude, take your hand off my knee. <laughs> I was so excited. So I was excited when First Contact came out, right? Now, I was in the Army at the time. I was in the Army band for four years between high school and college. And um, <clears throat> now this is back before everybody did Midnights on Thursday. So, you know, I was planning to see the first show I could on Friday morning. Um, and now in the army, you can put in what's called a pass to get off that day. Um, and passes, they can deny or they can approve. There's no guarantee of the way. And I put in a pass and everybody told me, everybody knew I was a Star Trek nut, but everyone said, dude, you, you got to lie. You can't put on your pass that you're going to go see a Star Trek movie. Put, something, <laughs> put a doctor's, well, no, you couldn't do that. Whatever. Make something up that is okay. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I put in for a Star Trek pass. I wrote on my pass that I wanted to be off so that I could go see a Star Trek movie. Now, we had, we had a couple of gigs that morning, um, a couple of ceremonies we had to play for. Um, and, they, and they approved my pass as long as I played for the first one, which is fine because the first, the first ceremony was like stupidly early. I was still going to be able to get down to Austin by 10. This is when I was at Fort Hood. And that's when I figured the first movie was. So uh, they approved my Star Trek pass which shocked everybody, but they approved it. And uh, I left early, right after our, our early morning gig, and I didn't have to do the second gig. And I went down to uh, Austin, and I got to this, the theater I'd planned to see the movie at right around 10, and it was just 
just north of Austin. I don't remember the name of that little city, but it was just north of Austin. And uh, the parking lot was empty. You know, it was a, it was one of those big stadium seating theaters that was off by itself. Um, like they have in the Midwest. They don't really have that out here in California, but like they have in the Midwest. And it was off by itself and had this huge parking lot and it was empty. And I was like, oh, I thought kind of, I kind of hope there'd be more of a turnout or something. I don't know what I hope for. But anyway, I, you know, I parked and I walked up to the front and there was like one other guy waiting there. And the first show was, I don't know, it was like at 11 or something and there was nobody there. And and then this, this car pulls up with this, with this, um, this car full of guys. And they're like, you guys, you guys seen Star Trek? And we're like, yeah. Me and this one other person, like, oh man, apparently everybody's going to, and I don't even remember the name of the theater now, but he's like, apparently everybody's going to this theater. That's where we're going. And they drove away. I was like, wow. Okay. Well, that sounds like where I want to go. <laughs> if that's where the Star Trek fans are going. But this was, you know, before I walked around with an iPhone. So it took me a while. I like, had to call some people and things and just to figure out where the theater was and how to get there. Called some friends who had telephone books. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I drive down there. And uh, I get did you even have a cell phone at the time? Sorry, no, I know I I used a payphone. Okay, I remember that way back when. Oh yeah, so I get there and and as I'm pulling up, it was beautiful. It was there were hundreds and hundreds of people. It took me forever to find parking, and then I get over there and there's a line around the block and there's crowds, which before you know since and before and after I never saw this kind of thing for Star Trek, Um, and. I had to wait in line to buy tickets, right? And they had several, you know, they had many screens. Half the th- half of the screens in this theater were all running Trek, all, all running First Contact. And by the time I even got up there, the, the soonest show I could get into was uh, like two in the afternoon or something. But I wasn't upset because I was getting, you know, I was with <clears throat> all these Star Trek people. So I bought the ticket. And this is just me by myself, you know. I bought the ticket and uh, in the same parking lot, they had an on-the-border the restaurant, which I wish we had out here. We used to have them in LA, but they all closed. Um, so I went and I had like lunch there. I just took my time and everybody else in there, it was packed with Star Trek fans and I could hear everybody's conversations, all Star Trek. And I talked to a couple people and then I went and I waited in line for hours, all with Star Trek fans. And we just talked Star Trek the whole time. And it was, and it was, it was, it was so good and so much fun. And, um, you know, I saw the movie and obviously a sold-out show with all these hardcore Star Trek fans, you know. And it wasn't even like Star Trek fans and their wives or something or Star Trek fans and their husbands or whatever. But it was, you know, it was just people like me that had taken the day off so they could see Star Trek as soon as they could. And it, it was neat because, you know, everybody was reacting the same. The entire audience would erupt when there was a reference, you know. To, I don't know when the Defiant showed up or something like that, you know, um, and it was it was the first time. I guess I was I was twenty years old, right? And it was the first time where I kind of felt like I was a part of something, and uh, it was the first time I remember being sort of proud for my love of Star Trek. Not that I was ashamed of it, you <laughs> know, but it's a more recent thing that nerddom or whatever, whatever you want to call it is kind of cool. You know, back then it wasn't, it was uncool, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I was, I was kind of proud of it. I'm like, Hey, if, if this is what it means, then that's, that's kind of cool actually, you know? And it felt good. And, uh, that was my greatest. Oh, and on top of all that, the movie was great, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and so that was kind of the greatest, um, I think that that was the day that, 
I became a Star Trek nutty fan for life. He became know? a man, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I became a man. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that was a great day. And it was Christmas time. It was cold in Austin. It's like only cold in Austin for like, you know, a couple months out of the year. And that was one. Marla um, said, never be ashamed about going to a Star Trek film or convention by yourself. I went to my first convention by myself. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Steve, you got any uh, stories for us? Not, uh, not really. I mean, when I brought up stories, the really the only thing that came to mind was um, my convention experiences because I haven't had a ton of them. But really, the uh, the first convention I ever went to was it was a doozy. It was in '95 and it was Pasadena, the Grand Slam, which back then that was the one, you know, the mm-hmm. biggest one for and years. You could, yeah, you, you could yeah you could have a conve- a huge convention center, multi rooms chock full of nothing but Trek for several days and that's and that worked and of course as we've indicated the the 90s was kind of a heyday you know I mean especially around that time you know yeah, the mid 90s were crazy yeah Multiple and so shows and a movie all at the same time so that so that's something I'll, I'll never forget because I definitely was in the I I definitely been a big fan for a few years and I was I collected the stuff I watched all the watched everything right when it came out you know you had two series going on at once all the time and that convention was just huge I mean I mean, it had um, all the big players, representatives from every show, even Voyager, which had just started. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and that you kind of com- flown out for that, right? Because you lived in. Yeah, Sedalia. Yeah, I went with some so of my family. You lived family. in Missouri at the time and you had to fly yeah. out to L.A. for that. Yeah, yeah. Went with my family. And so it was also my first California visit, too. So it was kind of a whole all together there. But um and you know, and, and then you mentioned that camaraderie thing. You know, obviously, I knew I, I had friends that were into Trek too. You know, it wasn't like I didn't know anybody into Trek, but at the same time, when you have that that many people and things like you get on the elevator for the first time and somebody inevitably says bridge, you know, and, and that kind of thing, <laughs> you know, going on the whole weekend. And so it, it was amazing. You know, it was and and uh, I, I've never been to a convention like that since. You know, I mean, it it was really really something. Yeah, you know that's what I talk about. Like we, you and I went to the um, the annual biggest uh, creation show, which used to mm-hmm. be Grand Slam for Star Trek, um, it, and then eventually they started adding other things to it, and then eventually it basically died. It, it went from being the Pasadena show to mm-hmm. they moved it for a couple of years. They had it in um, Burbank, I think, the airport right there. Mm-hmm. The hotel right across from that airport. I remember going. To, I, w- I went to the very last Grand Slam, which still had, which still was, you know, had a lot of Star Trek, but had some other stuff too. Um, and then they kind of resurrected that big annual show thing a- as their Vegas show. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and you and I went to that, and 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 you know, we commented on it at the time. I commented on it at the time that that's my favorite thing about it is just getting there and walking through the casinos and you know and seeing people in Star Trek uniforms and um, mm-hmm. just being with the, the fans, you know, is, is such a great, such a great feeling. And, and that's part of the reason we do this show. And, you know, that's why we love every email we get from you guys, from our listeners. We are, we are one of you and you are one of us. We're all the same. And we, we, we love that. And it feels very good. You know, <clears throat> this is a chance for us to share Star Trek together. You know, we don't, this isn't, I don't know. We don't work on Star Trek, but, you know. We don't make any money from Star Trek. We don't even put ads on on our <laughs> site or this or this show. This is totally just uh, because we love Star Trek and we love sharing it together. And I don't know all those kind of feeling kinds of feelings. 
you know, I'd be hokey about it, but that's, 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 those are the feelings I get around Christmas time too, you know? Um, and so I think, I think those are the kind of reasons that, uh, we wanted to do this holiday Eve themed show. And it doesn't really matter if, if our specific stories specifically you know, reference Christmas or not, you know, it's still, it's still, uh, what makes us feel so good about Star Trek, you know? Mm-hmm. So the last thing for today is, um, was Caesar, your idea of, um, the future of Trek and what we hope for. Um, and I can kick that discussion off just by saying uh, <clears throat> the movies are great. And I, I like the movies and I certainly hope they keep them going. But what I really want is a TV series and, and I would take a TV series over movies um, seven days a week. Um, what I'd really love would be to get another TV series in the Prime Universe, not in the Abramsverse, but you know, they could do something like, I don't know, jump ahead another 80 years like they did with Next Gen versus the original series. But I'm at this point, I'm kind of wondering if we're ever going to get another show in the Prime Universe. Do you guys think mm-hmm. that'll ever happen? Or do you yeah, think if we get another show, it's going to have to be in the Abramsverse? Um, I think it can happen. I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, just kind of the way, I don't know how much you guys watch sci-fi current sci-fi shows i mean it seems you know like the model now kind of is you know 10 13 shows kind of like the you know the Battlestar model yeah. i don't know if um you know the star trek model is you know basically you know 24 episodes um 26 many seasons 26 yeah i mean well definitely 20 plus you know where you know you know well, the, anybody- the problem is while that sort of thing can make your production budget much more reasonable, your production timeline much more reasonable. In a way, it can make it more realistic to make the show. The problem is that all those show kind of shows are shows that are on um, sci-fi and AMC, stuff yeah. like that. But CBS television owns Star Trek rights. Mm-hmm. So if there was going to be another TV series, it's hard to imagine that it would be on anything other than CBS. This is true, but would they put it on, would they put it on CBS or would they syndicate it? Again, that's yeah, that's possible. You know, they could put it on Showtime. You can see a rated R version of Star Trek. <laughs> that's what but, Star Trek needs. But regarding your inquiry on the what universe it's going to be in, I think that depends on. I think if we see a show in the near future, I think it will be in that universe because Wait, they're which it, which the Abrams the Abrams universe. Okay. Because I think that they would they would want to milk that for as much as they could. You know, they would want to cross over characters, maybe have guests, this kind of stuff, make references to what we've seen in the movies, which I don't know how many more movies they'll make before they want to do a TV series, if it even happens. I do. I think it's still, you know, Star Trek is a huge thing. And I think in some way, shape or form, it's going to go in waves, you know, and we could be, we're going to be old, like we could be old men. And then years down the line, they do this again. If you have a big enough gap, you can do anything, you know, but, um, but that, that kind of leads me to, to my comment comments on where I want to see it. I mean, in, in the immediate future, I want to see good output. You know, I don't want to see stuff that caters too much to just just nonsense and silliness or whatever. I mean, I, I thought, you know, we saw this most recent movie was good. It did things that I was a little uncomfortable with being a huge Trek fan, but it was quality. And I think you make something quality, you ultimately are going to, you know, have it's going to have a positive result for the franchise in the long run. I would like to see, I would like to see them acknowledge the fact even in a subtle fashion that you know this is a different universe with the same stuff so in that sense i would like to see some 
hints at what we've seen in the original series or in movies or whatever, but in a different way, you know, use the fact that you've changed the universe and made it something different. Let's, let's play with that. You know, we're like in a parallel universe a little bit, something like that. You know, that's, well, that's fun for the fans. Or have whatever. you seen, you know, they, they got this new, the new comic book line, the new comic book series, uh, which one issue at a time is basically re envisioning original series episodes mm-hmm. in the Abrams I haven't seen. I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. They've they've got the first couple issues out, Um, but like you had said, what are they going to do when they get to a muck time? (laughs) (laughs) The the problem the problem I see with that is like um, you're going to have to recast again. I don't see like Chris Pine and uh, you know all those guys um, doing a TV series. No, No. doing a TV series. It's not going to go in the reverse this way. So would would. Would you accept that? Would you accept it? I mean, if they went that way and they wanted to do go like uh, no, I, one thing I again. don't want. I do not want anything to be remade. At least that's why I, I respected what they did in the Abrams movie, even though, like like you guys, I know, like Steve, it was incredibly hard. My heart was my heart sank when I realized that they were changing the timeline permanently, mm-hmm. um, and their you know their idea being that it's just a different universe because. I am a Trek-er, not a Trek-e. No offense to Trek-es, but I am a Trek-er. I go on a journey. And <clears throat> the thought that that my 704 live-action episodes um, didn't happen, <laughs> uh, it, that's a very hard pill for me to swallow. Um, that said, I respected that they wanted to be able to take risks and, and make make an exciting movie and people not know what's going to happen. And the only way they could do that was to be to do this different timeline. And given the choice between a reimagining or an alternate timeline, yes, I would have, I'm glad we got the alternate timeline. It's not like Battlestar where, again, mm-hmm. no offense to our listeners, the original Battlestar show was not a good show. I was, you know, and um, Ron Moore and David Icke's uh, Battlestar is darn near the greatest television show series single series ever made i mean it's really incredible show um and i was okay that that was a reimagining of the original and just because the original wasn't good but i don't want um reimaginings of the star trek series because they are good and because i do love them and because i want that universe to continue to exist and it's just the day they just flat out reimagine or remake something it literally murders the show's you know, oh, yeah, and, that's it. And I, I can't handle that. So I'd rather they do the alternate timeline like they did uh-huh. um, than than flat out kill. The well, it's timeline. it's what makes that's what makes Star Trek unique. I mean, most people have an idea of what Star Trek is or whatever. But for the hardcore fans, I mean, maybe not all hardcore fans, but I think I know, Brian, I know your attitude about this. But that's for me, too, is that I'm, I'm a continuity guy. I mean, yeah. I like the notion of a, a universe that I understand where it's been and where it's gone and how they all interconnect that to me. That's a big part of what I enjoy, you know. So. So, yeah, as soon as you just reset it all, that's not the point. You know, I don't if I want to see a really good sci-fi series or show it doesn't have to be star trek to be that but if we're talking star mm-hmm. trek that's a world that's a universe you know that's different so well, I, I, I do have a little faith i mean you know if it's going to be jj abrams that ultimately produces a um a television show i mean i have i'm i have faith in him that because he, he he's got experience in producing television and pretty good television i enjoyed the lost series and all the other stuff he has coming on. It is on, hard so. to imagine anybody would try to make a Star Trek show right if they made one right now and then and and not go to Abrams. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, the yeah. question is, would he do it? I mean, you know, um, you know, I he, think 
Yeah, people I today think, they they kind of you know they go from project to project you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I think I think it depends on the timeline. You know, this is obviously going stretched out crazy. You know, they keep delaying when the movie comes out and all this stuff too. I mean, obviously, if you if you have a movie ever four or five years versus ever a couple or two or three, it starts to get a, be a question like <clears> who's <throat> going to be involved in it next, you know, because if, we, if the, if the movie comes out now in 13 or whatever, and then it's, so when's the next one, four years later, well, at that point you're looking at another change of the guard kind of thing versus if you have every couple years and then it's like, Oh, you know, we've had about three movies or success, you know, we could do a TV series in that same universe or different or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And the same bunch has kind of put it together. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder, it depends on how long, long it takes to get spit movies out. And, and I'm a little concerned that they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit because they lost some momentum, you know, from that. Yeah. By, um, by, by the time this movie comes out, it will have been the longest wait mm-hmm. uh, ever between uh, the same crew to the same crew. Mm-hmm. That's hey, never, it's never, it never will have been uh, this long. And I'll tell you, on this same note of not wanting, um, not wanting remakes, you know, the strong rumor right now is that you know Khan is in the movie and maybe mm-hmm. the villain or something. And you know, that's another thing. I'm like, you know, I don't need that. I, I don't need to see Khan because we saw I've that story. Already, I, I've yeah. seen a great Star Trek movie with Khan in it. You know, I, I don't need to see that. I'd, I'd rather they did something wholly original and, and, and maybe these rumors aren't true and even if they are true uh, you know it's hard we'll to imagine it. Abram, yeah and, I, and and it'll probably still be good mm-hmm. I'm just saying given a choice that would yeah, not be something fresh and, and, and unless like I said unless you take a different tack on it I mean you can imagine a situation where you have Ocon's the biggest thing, but you know there are ways you could probably look at that from an entirely different angle with entirely different things yeah. and so on. What's going on with that? It's just you know I guess I guess there's 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 good and bad of anything. You can you know, mess and, and up the other, good ideas or yeah. The, the other thing about this this whole universe thing, which is really where this discussion went, not necessarily what it meant to do, but it really is just the hardest core of Star Trek fans, right? You know, yeah. I remember when I that even care. I remember. Uh, a couple weeks before the movie came out, uh, going this is, and that was right, um, not too long after uh, Battlestar ended, and my wife and I went to a writers, <clears throat> it was something I don't remember if it was put on by the Writers Guild or something to that effect, but it was basically spend an hour in a room with a small group of people talking to uh, Ron Moore and, and asking him questions and stuff, and of course the last question somebody asked Ron Moore was. Um, have you seen the new Star Trek and what did you think? And he said, I have seen it. And all I will say is it's going to divide fandom. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time just thinking, say what? What <laughs> could they possibly do that's going to define fandom? Def- divide fandom. I-, I had no clue. And then, of course, the second the credits started rolling and I realized there was, I mean, I spent, when they destroyed Vulcan, I, I spent the entire movie waiting for them to reverse <laughs> the timeline. I just assumed that was going to happen. And then the credits roll and they didn't. And I, couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. You know, and people that uh, so aren't Star Trek nuts, they, 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 they didn't understand what a big deal that was. But Ron Moore got it. But let me give you the, the flip side to this. Um, not too long after that, uh, Nick Myers, he, he wrote a, an autobiography. His memoirs came out. I can't remember the name of it. Views from the Bridge, I think it was called. I forget. But I went to a, It was a good book. I recommend reading it if you're a Star Trek fan. Um, or just interested in kind of Hollywood history because he talks a lot about how he got started in Hollywood. Anyway, uh, I went to a book signing of his for that book, and somebody 
somebody asked about Abrams' movie, and then somebody said, well, how did you feel about them messing with the timeline, you know, kind of saying that your movies didn't happen? And he said, and, and, and by the way, his, his opinion on the movie was, it was a fabulous movie. It was very fun. Uh, I, wished it was a, I wish it had more to say, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and then so somebody asked about the timeline thing. How do you feel about it if, if it said that your movies didn't really happen or something? And he, you know what he said? This is Nick Meyer. He said, <laughs> Nick Meyer's a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I didn't really, I didn't get that. I didn't see the <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's really just the like, you know, and Star, Ron Moore is a Star Trek nerd fan like us right mm-hmm. um it's really just people like us that even noticed any of that stuff mm-hmm. so well yeah i mean that's a, well, that's, that, that, that's the complaint we have with, with with the new star trek film it's um it's very modern fast-paced action and it doesn't say a lot it's fun the characters are good the cast is good the the art direction is good <clears> but so, um it messes with the timeline and it doesn't what does it really say what i mean and yeah, yeah and, that, and that's what's scary about it is what you say. Like people don't people don't get it, and that means eventually there's going to be more jacking around, and eventually it's just going to be a big sloppy mess. I mean, right now we that's that's my fear is that sooner or later there's just going to be excuses for doing whatever you want to do, and how's that even Star Trek anymore if you do it in that way? I mean, that's that's my fear, I guess, is that at some point down the so, line we're just going to get so bogged down, and basically it's well, Kirk and Spock is Star Trek, and it doesn't matter the rest, you know. And, and so to bring the conversation back around to what do we want in the future of Star Trek? Well, I think the, we're the place where um, it remains. We, we, we want somebody that that really respects these other shows. That's what it sounds well, like. Well, what I was going to say is like you know they've always kind of done what they wanted in the movies, but where they've stayed true is on is on television, and so you know it's kind of like you can have your fun on the big screen, mm-hmm. but if you're going to come back to the, the small screen, you, you better be on target. And um and if they ever do do another show that's that that would that's my hope is like they they look at it and they look at the core of Star Trek and they look at what makes Star Trek Star Trek and that's what they stick with. The movies are going to be what the movies are, you know, it's about making money. You, you know, you want a lot of explosions and fast pace especially in today's age and that's uh, I'm afraid to say that's probably what it's going to be from here on for a well, while. And that's great, but don't jack with continuity. I mean, at least in this new movie, they they have an excuse. But I'm, what I fear is that at some point, when it's Star Trek 23 or however many movies <laughs> exist by the time before we die, you know that uh, at some point people just don't give a rip at all. It's just going to be oh, let's throw Kirk and Spock and they go to the store. Or Kirk, you know, I don't know. You know, just <laughs> well, it, the, it doesn't matter. This is kind of how I kind of look at it. Is kind of how you look at like a, any kind of um, movie franchise. Um, and I'll use Batman as an example. You know, we're going to see the last Batman film coming up pretty soon um, from Christopher Nolan. It's not going to, uh, by all accounts, it's not going to be the last Batman movie we see. There are going to be more Batman movies in the future. They're just not going to be made by Christopher Nolan. You kind of, I'm, I've, I've, the way I've contemplated in my brain is you have to kind of look at them as a comic book series. But yeah. up to so now, we done, haven't they, had to. Up to now, we yeah, haven't but, had but, that. but that's the way, that's where it's going to go. Yeah, it, on that day, on the day that they say, we're, we're just reimagining X show or we, we're remaking this movie or something on that day. It'll be sad for me. And it will, cause it's, yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. It's just, it will affect my fandom. Yeah. 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 It, it will make it harder to be a trekker. Cause where am I going? You know? So, uh, I'm sure that we have gone over today, but that's okay because it was our holiday episode. <laughs> the holidays. We're drinking eggnog with rum. That's right. I hope I hope all of you drank plenty of eggnog while you were listening to this episode. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Trey just texted me. Um, 
Gold Bloom Lauper, Cindy Lauper pick flick was called Vibes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so no relation to Star Trek, but there it was. Um, so oh, there was one last thing I just want to do just for just to be silly. Um, I'm going to have Adam drop it in, but talking about our favorite movies, you know, and I said Star Trek three is my favorite. I was reminded that in college, so this is, you know, long time ago, over a decade ago, I had a, uh, you know, uh, both Adam Caesar and I went to uh, North Texas and uh, radio television film department. And I remember there was a mandatory radio course we had to take. And I took this course and uh, you had one of the assignments in that class was to make a radio commercial, a radio advertisement. And it was around the time that my favorite Star Trek film was coming off on DVD for the first time. So I made a a uh, sixty second spot for Star Trek Three uh, coming out on DVD. So we're gonna stick that on the tail end here, uh, <laughs> right at, at, right after we sign off, uh, but before you hear the closing music. Um, and that's just silly. And this is a long time ago. It's it's. I'm not saying it's some great work of art, but I thought it was funny. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find a better narrator than myself. But uh, so <laughs> we're gonna go out on that. And uh, in the meantime sincerely we hope all you guys have a great you know christmas and an excellent new year and we look forward to kicking off season five uh next month can't wait guys thanks so much for spending all this time with us and um thanks again to dan and maybe benji (laughs) uh for sending in your stories we will catch you next time merry christmas guys and finally 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 as i always forget to do Follow us on Twitter at Trek Companion. Uh, go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Trek Companion. Steve is going to put a picture of his wonderful Christmas tree on there. And uh, send us an email, uh, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Okay, we will see you next time. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. On April 11th, the greatest crew of all time will risk everything for one man. The death of Spock. Take me home. Someone is stealing the Enterprise. Spock. Feels non-responsive. We're a sitting duck. Surrender your vessel. I swear to you, we're not finished yet. The time runs out. The planet's destroying itself. Get out of there! Get out! Why? Home Video invites you to relive the greatest adventure of all time as it was meant to be seen. Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Own it on DVD. Because the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. In stores, April 11th.